Good morning, Nashville. My name is Braden Gall, and this is the 440 for Tuesday, December 29th. Today on the show, we will have a deep dive into the bad defenses that have made it to the Super Bowl, the history Derrick Henry is chasing in the season finale, and a Titan lands on the COVID list. But we begin today with a critical injury out of Memphis. The Grizzlies played in a basketball game last night against the Nets, and the outcome is completely irrelevant. They won in overtime. It was a pretty good game. But the only thing that actually matters is the status of Ja Morant. Late in the second quarter, Morant came down hard while contending a shot, left the game with a sprained left ankle in a wheelchair, and never came back. Well, he did come back to the bench in a boot. We all know exactly what a turned ankle looks like on a basketball court, and probably every slappy who's ever played pickup ball knows what it feels like. And since you just have no clue about ankles from person to person, there really isn't any reason to speculate about a timetable, but it did not look great. This Memphis team is a borderline playoff team with Morant and was one of the healthiest teams in the NBA last season. Now without their two best players, it will be hard for this team to stay relevant in the Western Conference. Morant is the most electric athlete in the state of Tennessee, so of course he was wheeled off a court with an injury. He had scored more points through three games than anyone in the Grizzlies history, so to be honest, I'm surprised he lasted that long. It was clearly just too much of a good thing, and we are not allowed to have those this year. The Grizzlies are in Boston on Wednesday night, 6.30 p.m. Central Time. Let's just say that I'm relieved that the Titans' road trip to Houston takes place after Thursday night. Cannot get here soon enough. At the risk of encouraging Titans' Twitter to death spiral off the ledge, let's ask the two biggest questions concerning the Tennessee Titans and any type of deep playoff run that we could see. First, and this is the one no one really wants to seem to touch because it's a third rail due to how well he has played, but is Ryan Tannehill good enough to cover up for the deficiencies his team may have the way other elite quarterbacks can? The guys who win Super Bowls, let's say. More on this in a second. But secondly, how bad can a defense truly be and still get to the Super Bowl? As a numbers nerd, I am generally more interested in efficiency metrics, yards per play, yards per attempt, conversion percentages, red zone percentages, things that are adjusted for opponents, etc., etc. But for this exercise, let's keep it simple and look at just total defense and scoring defense. Can you win your conference and compete for a Super Bowl title with what I will creatively call a bad defense? The Titans are 23rd in scoring defense and 29th in total defense. Not great, Dan. In the entire history of the Super Bowl, only four teams have reached the big game while ranking 20th or worse in both of those categories. The 2016 Atlanta Falcons, the 2011 New York Giants, the 2009 New Orleans Saints, and the 2006 Indianapolis Colts. So it's a pretty rare accomplishment, and if you'll notice, those teams were quarterbacked by two Mannings and a Breeze. So that is the really bad news here. The last seven Super Bowl champs have been ranked in the top 10 in scoring defense including the Chiefs last year. So let's try to find some good news. If you tweak the qualifier to be 19th or worse in both categories, you get to add three more questionable defenses to the list. The 2018 Rams, the 2013 Broncos, and the 2008 Cardinals, all three of which ranked 19th or worse in both scoring and total defense. Let's call these seven defenses the quote-unquote bad defenses that made it to the Super Bowl. The good news for Titans fans is that this is a very new trend, as all seven of these teams have done it in the last 15 years, giving us about one bad defense every other year in the Super Bowl, in theory. This isn't really rocket science, as 
scoring has increased. The rules have been changed to help offensive players and quarterbacks, and therefore elite offenses have found more success, while defensive numbers are obviously trending downward. So you could easily argue that it's gotten significantly easier to reach the Super Bowl with a bad defense in the last 15 years than in the first 40, which didn't really feature a single bad defense except maybe the 1992 Bills. Which brings us all the way back to our first question, the one no one wants to talk about because it might upset Twitter's delicate sensibilities. Is Ryan Tannehill good enough to overcome this defense and carry his team to a Super Bowl? especially when defenses focus on stopping Derrick Henry, which we all know they're going to do. And I just don't think it's all that controversial to say no. I don't think he is, at least not for now. Even while he's playing the best football of his career and it's producing top 10 numbers managing the best offense in Titans history. Look at the teams that reached the Super Bowl with bad defenses. Peyton Manning did it twice, winning once. Eli did it in 2011. Drew Brees carried the Saints, although the defense did make a huge play in that Super Bowl. Kurt Warner, Matt Ryan, and Jared Goff also lost in the Super Bowl with bad defenses. However, all but Goff might be headed to the Hall of Fame. Now, is Tannehill better than Goff? Maybe from a pure talent standpoint, he might be. But Goff was just as efficient, if not more so, during his Super Bowl run in 2018 and threw for almost 4,700 yards that year, about 1,000 more than Tannehill currently. So while he's playing the best football of his career and arguably having the best season of any Titans quarterback we've ever seen, I still don't know if he's good enough to do it without Derrick Henry being a superhero. This team is good enough to beat anyone it plays against. And the trends, as I have just laid out, suggest that having a bad defense doesn't automatically eliminate you from the Super Bowl. It just means that Henry will have to play like royalty every single time out and that Tannehill will have to prove that his last two seasons are not the outlier, but it's who he actually is as a quarterback. Both of which are very possible, and Mike Vrabel's teams tend to play extremely well when their back is against the wall, like coming up this weekend, and that alone should keep Titans fans from jumping off the proverbial ledge. How about some more good Titans news that actually should help soften the blow of the conversation we just had, heading into what is actually a must-win situation if this team wants to win the AFC South. And it might be the reason that Ryan Tannehill might be good enough to get this team to a Super Bowl, or that this team could overcome its defensive issues, and that is Derrick Henry. Also, the Texans suck at football. Henry currently sits at 1,777 yards rushing and is all but guaranteed to lead the NFL in rushing for the second consecutive season. His current total would have led the NFL in rushing in each of the last six years already, making it the best single-season rushing performance by anyone since former teammate DeMarco Murray rushed for 1,845 yards for the Cowboys in 2014, which Henry should have no issue topping in the season finale. All that's pretty cool, but that's not all for Henry. Should Vrabel and company need to use him to his fullest, there are more than just a few massive milestones that are within reach this weekend. He is 157 yards away from posting the second best season in franchise history, which is currently held by Earl Campbell's 1980 season. He is 223 yards away from becoming just the eighth player in NFL history to rush for 2,000 yards and is just 229 yards away from the Titans-Oilers franchise single-season record of 2006 set by Chris Johnson. Does he need to hit these marks to prove that he's the king of the NFL running back right now? No, not at all. 1,800-yard seasons do not grow on trees. They are incredible accomplishments. In fact, it's only happened 21 times in NFL history, and Henry only needs 23 yards to get to that benchmark on Sunday. 
But it would be pretty damn cool to see him break off a long run, let's say, in the first half, maybe forcing the coaching staff and all of the rest of the football world to tune in to every single carry as he chases down potential history. It wouldn't be the first time this happened, right? Vrabel gave Henry 32 carries in the season finale in Houston last year to get him not only his rushing title, but also the Titans a playoff spot. Henry finished that game with 211 yards on the ground. I know I'm rooting for another 32 carries for King Henry this weekend, not only because it likely would mean a division championship for the Titans, but also a run at history for a guy who deserves to cement his status in the NFL record books. The Titans placed kicker Steven Goskowski on the COVID reserve list on Monday, putting a lot of uncertainty around his availability for the Week 17 matchup with the Texans. If it is a positive test, as A to Z Sports has reported, then he is unlikely to play against Houston. But if he's been contact traced onto the list, I suppose there's an outside chance he could still play. Should the veteran kicker miss any time, which does seem likely at this point, all signs point to practice squad kicker Sam Sloman entering the starting lineup. The rookie from Miami of Ohio was a seventh-round draft pick of the Rams back in April. He did make eight of his 11 field goals for Los Angeles this year, but he also missed three extra points and eventually landed on the Titans practice squad the last week of November. A rookie kicker who's had issues with extra points in the season finale with the division title hanging in the balance. What could possibly go wrong? Thank you guys all for listening. And of course, please direct all of your angry tweets defending Ryan Tannehill to me at Braden Gall. Please rate, review, and subscribe. Please share the show. Tell one person. We do appreciate it. I'm happy to argue with you on Twitter about Ryan Tannehill if you'd like. This has been the 440 for Tuesday, December 29th. The 440 is a production of 440 Media, written and produced by Braden Gall, music by William Tyler. <laughs>